studio in Georgetown, Kentucky. Today is Tuesday of the 26th week in Ordinary Time, and this is Deacon's Discussions Drinks. One, two, three. <laughs> Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to the uh, Cardome studio where anything is possible, including bad internet. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back for another discussion and another drink with the Deacons. I'm Deacon Tim's Doubt. I'm Deacon Dallas Kelly. I'm Fatherling Win. We all made it. Made it. We made it. <laughs> we had some technical difficulties there at the beginning. Uh, apparently... There's been some changes as a result of the school growing out here, and we just need to adapt a little bit and be a little bit more impatient. Or maybe we need to look at better internet provider. <laughs> so we'll get on that. But, uh, hey, there's a lot going on in the Catholic world these days. Have you all been paying attention? A little bit. Yeah, so bit. This, this is my bookends here. Uh, the US. I've been, I've been busy. Father Lynn's been out of town, so you know how that goes. i got to work a little harder. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that in just a second okay because uh, because i had I, I had a visiting priest this weekend so yes, we'll, i tried to Saturday yeah. night. so we'll we'll talk a little bit about that uh here in just a second uh but in the interim you know catholic world usccb issues a uh, memo out that they're concerned over transgender males getting into the seminary or religious life. Wow. <laughs> wow. wow. Uh, we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, then the Pope made a little statement about uh, everybody's favorite Catholic uh, news channel founded by Mother Angelica, EWTN, indirectly. Yeah, he didn't mention the letters. <laughs> he didn't say the name. A but popular. A, po- a very popular conservative probably didn't use the word conservative either we can get a direct quote if we need to and then the bishop in kansas city bishop finn tells national catholic reporter to stop using the word catholic in their name they're ignoring him (laughs) so what the heck is going on in this world what is going on with the catholic church yeah that's all catholic stuff we if we have time, we can talk about what's going on. In the was world. that a rhetorical question, or you really want to know what's going on? Yeah, what's going on, man? I don't know. A lot. <laughs> I mean, it's. Uh, I wish somebody would pass canon law 
we can know, you know, like a discipline, you know, like eating meat on Friday. You can't use, Catholic cannot use social media. <laughs> Wouldn't we have a whole lot more peace? Come on. Well, man. we just wouldn't know what was going on. Yeah, we it would know. still be going on, but we wouldn't know about it. Yeah, but we'd have a whole lot more peace. So did you all see the memo from the USCCB? I sent it to you. Was it? You said it was hard to read, though. Yeah. Hard to read, yeah. I know the, the, uh, the Archbishop, though. Yeah? Yeah, he taught me more. More theology? More theology. <laughs> yeah. Basically stacky. Wasn't it asking for um was it saying from now on give DNA test or I think it was a recommendation, yeah, that they do DNA tests going into the seminary. I mean, cuz they it was saying they they have caught some, right? Yeah, they didn't yeah, they, they didn't specify quantity or anything like that, but you know if if the USCCB sends out a letter to all the bishops, oh yeah. Something's happening. happening. Yeah. They just not they're not the bishops just don't strike me as somebody that's going to be preemptive. They're responding to something. Would you, would you agree with that? Yes. No. But, I mean, how would you feel if you were a seminarian and they wanted you to do a DNA test? It would be, be fun. <laughs> <laughs> or even a deacon, right? I mean, theoretically, right? If I was didn't have anything to worry about, it wouldn't bother me. Yeah. Well, it, it, it all comes down to the... The proper interview, right? It's uh, to have to assess that. Uh, I, I remember when I was at Mandalay Seminary. That's the first question they interview you, and uh, I, I learned that word personally. They said, um, "What is your sexual orientation?" I say, "What do you mean? What do you mean orientation?" <laughs> so Father uh, Father Hickey said, "Do you like girl?" Oh no problem. I love that. <laughs> uh, and we we had to go through psychological. Um, what would you call? It? What would you call it? Valuation. Uh, valuations. Yeah. I, I, and the wife had to go in there with you and everything. Yeah, I mean, it didn't. I mean, yours was probably much more stringent than ours, and yours was more than one, right? Right. Uh, but it didn't strike me as one of the strong suits of the program. Right, it, I, I didn't feel like, hey, this was gonna, this was gonna weed out bad apples. I, I, I felt like we were checking a box, really. I mean, and I think, I think a lot of guys felt that way. There was thirty, what, thirty five of us, or whatever the number was, a bunch at of the us time. at the time, yeah. And you know, I, I'm a, I'm a firm believer that if, if, if a process isn't weeding somebody out at that level where there's thirty five people going through, and I'm not saying the psychological part, just the whole process then what are you doing? Why are you doing the process? The, the, the likelihood that everybody gets through the psychological evaluation, to me, at, at that level, but I mean, you're talking about one or two people, maybe so, 35? Well, that, that, I think the, there is a deeper question in this whole process than the process itself. What I'm trying to say here, remember the time during Benedict sixteen, there was a document he put out in regarding to homosexual in the priesthood. He questioned about the the affected in the undoubtable mark of his ordination. There right. was a question about that. And there was also put a strong disciplinary upon seminary do not accept homosexual seminarian because that some lens reflect upon um sexual scandal that we have because right now 
Catholics still try to study that intently. There a correlation in that too. Uh, the data about Mark is interesting. Well, I remember there was a case one in the seminary in our ethical class, and this case actually was is was real. So there was a seminarian ordained become a priest, and it turned out he she has a sex change. It was a she. As a section to become a he, and then he joined the seminary and became priest. So the question about his indelibility of his theological ordination. There you go. They, That's they, what they're talking about, right? Yeah. And the answer was no. He can. He can be ordained. He can. He cannot. He cannot. He cannot. Be. Cannot, yeah. cannot, cannot be ordained. Um. So because. She's a female is the reason why she That's it. It doesn't right. matter how much you change yourself. Yeah, you're still a female. You're still a female because God innate ordained you to become that figure. But in the priesthood ordination, it's not the role or the function, but the character of the personhood, what you God preordained you to be. You know, all these things that right now people so um all over the place, right? I, right. I feel I feel like being a female today, so therefore I'm a female. Yeah, you know? uh, but but in Catholic theology, it, it's completely different. That's why kind of interesting when you sent me that. Granted, it's probably there somewhere along the line, but it it I think it touched deeper in the theology of the ordination itself. Uh, that that important the pro the process right yes. mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, that's typically what happens in any institution, and the church should not be exempt from that. The processes break down, mm -hmm. right? They're, right? They're not as efficient or effective as they they should be, could be, and and as a result, as a human institution, right? I mean, I mean, the church is not infallible. Right. right? So, you know, we, we have these issues. What happens, <laughs> you and I talked about this when, when we talked on the phone the other day. <laughs> what happens to... All the people that have received or thought they were receiving sacraments scenario. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're, they're, it just opens up a, a lot of questions. The validity of that, you know, the, the language that we, in training, we use deep theological language, right? A canonical language, validity, uh, you know, and <laughs> valid, illicit. 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 Yeah. But it would known. fall under the same. Remember about a year ago, the gentleman, the priest, found out he wasn't baptized. So. Right. They have to go back, and all the people he's, and get, you know, received things that only a priest can do. Right, and and baptism wouldn't be one of those. Baptism wouldn't be one right. of them. So, but confirmation, confirmation, and, but uh, those masses, right? Yeah, all no, masses. no, nobody received the Eucharist for how long? You know, so you know all all of that, and then I think it bring an interesting point, right? For 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 a common uh, Catholic, not have a chance to really. Well, you know, discuss about that. When you talk about the indelible mark of a character of a priest, and, and that's high standard, you know, than just a function. Most people see priests, okay, he do mass, but it's not. It's a, right. It's a lot more in that spiritual consummation of that spirit, so it's different. So go read the press release, or go see the... Who who broke that? Whispers broke that. Actually, our Whispers. our friend uh, Rocco Palmo. Palmo. We had on the show. We had on the show last year. 
broke he broke that. Somebody leaked the memo to him, and uh, <laughs> he posted it up. <laughs> Social media, man. Whistleblower. They'll probably be in trouble now. Whistleblower. <laughs> He'll get fired somewhere down the line. And then the whole, uh, I guess the Pope was traveling, traveling back from Slovenia, I think is where he was. Is that right? Right. Talk with all the judges. Was he on a plane again? He was on a plane. Yeah. We need to keep the Pope off the plane. He needs to start taking trains <laughs> or something. <laughs> but uh, it was, I thought it was pretty interesting. I, I, I did do a, a deep dive into social media about this topic. And you, you have, you have, you know, these, uh, the Jesuits who be considered a little liberal and the conservatives all kind of going back and forth about this. And, you know, the Pope said, basically he said, I, I'm okay if you criticize me, but don't criticize the church. And, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I don't understand that, you know, I can, I mean, the church gets criticized all the time. Internal, external, I mean, we do, and I know church could be capital C yeah, or small C. Because uh, capital C, the church is perfect. Okay? It's right. a divine institution, but it's also small C, a human institution. You know? Yeah, but I don't see, maybe I'm, maybe I'm naive in this, I don't see whether it's National Catholic Register or National Catholic Reporter or EWTN or anybody criticizing capital C. Yeah, I, I've never, yeah, I'd agree. But I, th- I think there is there is a lot of cr- criticism in of, of bishops. There's a lot of criticism of priests and deacons. I mean, there's just a lot of criticism in the church. It happens every day. I mean, have you ever heard anybody say that they didn't like one of our homilies? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> or what we hey, preached on or how we preached or whatever, right? If you only knew the—see, I hold back a lot. If you only knew the amount of people that came to me over you, it'd, <laughs> you'd it'd make you cry. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what deacons are. We're, we're, we're the, the bridge. bridge. We're the bridge. We're, told, we're the bridge. Don't tell Father Lynn this. <laughs> <laughs> We're the broken bridge sometimes. No, but I, I think the point, I, I think what you address, how sometimes in the criticism, it kind of beige. You know, you criticize the Pope is fine, but to the point to hinder the church. I think that's a concern. You know, uh, like for example, uh, you know, I, I can't stand Father Lynn, so I'm, I'm stopping a contribution to the parish. So in other words, it's not. We've not heard that ever before. You know, like say, like, uh, you know what I'm saying? It, right. Well, that's the go, that's the go to, right? The I mean, yeah. Right. So you got the email I forwarded to. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, but in that case, though, they're they're not hurting you, right? Right. Right. I mean, and that, and that's to me, I think that's what someone's intent is. Is they feel, and and I kind of talked about this a little bit in because I had. Uh, Christ in my home uh, this weekend and one of the things we were one of the things I said is it, it's this you know Jesus the gospel is uh, marriage right you know man and woman married forever yeah. you know divorce decree what he talked about with Moses and then bring the children to me and, and use them as an example and one of the, what I kind of took away from that was we're all critical of the church we're all Catholic or cafeteria Catholics, all of us are. There's always something that the church teaches 
it's hard. And we don't want hard. We're programmed in our lives and our culture this day in the, in 2021 to find easy, to find it where it's not difficult on us, to find something that, you know, makes us happy. And, and you know, somebody that's been divorced and remarried that doesn't agree with that, they're going to complain about that because it affects them personally. Or somebody that has same-sex attraction is going to complain about that. Or somebody that that doesn't like to get up on Sunday is going to complain that they had to go to church on Sunday. I mean, you you know, pick and choose whatever you want out of that book right there. That's why we've got it here so we can criticize about it. You see, you see what I'm saying? It's just we, we – yeah, yeah, we – yeah, you can criticize, but we would say do it anyway. Right. <laughs> well, we would. Yeah. Right. But I, I think the folks that are out there being critical of publicly being critical of a lot of those things aren't saying that. Right. They're just yeah. being critical about whatever. And, and, you know, this pope has a tendency to be vague, to have a lot of ambigu- ambigu- ambiguity. 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 Yeah about his statements and that confusion opens the door in my mind. It opens the door to criticism. But I, I stress all the time to people, you need to learn the church, learn, learn, don't stop. Just keep learning. So when priests, deacons, bishops, or posts say something vague or lean in a way that you can sort it out, you can filter it. Well, that's not really, you don't leave because of it. Because right. you know actually what the church says and teaches. Absolutely. Yeah. And and that's like if somebody complains about a homily or, or a pastor or a priest or a visiting priest or, or whatever, my message is don't let it affect your faith. Right. Right? Your faith is what brings you to church. It shouldn't be who's preaching that Sunday. Exactly. Right? Or who's singing that Sunday or whatever. It, it should be about the faith I mean, and what you I believe. I mean, if I didn't believe— what the church teaches, everything, I would have left a long time ago because the people in the church are a mess, right? I mean, we're yeah, we're going to talk yeah. about our final talk on the person of Jesus Christ because yeah. Dallas says there's not much more we can talk about on it. <laughs> but, yeah, one of the things I think that's so unique, and I, I don't think I really realized it, as and I'm a cradle Catholic, and I've had a lot of, a lot of Catholic education. I didn't really really realize it till formation is how interconnected all the theology is. And then if you pull something out, it all starts to crumble. So yeah. it's all, it's, it's think, this whole base. I it's, think it's all it was important. Gus Lloyd show, but I listened to so many, I could be wrong. Gave an example. I thought it was a good example. You, you know, and it had to do with what I just said. You know, you, you, you learn to church, you fall in love with the church. So when things go bad, you don't leave the church, even like the sex abuse crisis, as bad as they were. You know, like uh, Peter told uh, Jesus, are you going to leave too? Well, where, where, where will I go? <laughs> this is it. But on Gus Lloyd's show, he, you know, when uh, Noah was selling the ark, you, you climbed into the ark uh, or you were going to die. Well, after a while, that ark got pretty stinky, right? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Are you going to jump ship because it's so stinky? You're going to die if you do. Where where else are you going to go? You know. Well, and I think that's you know, can you be critical using that analogy of the church as the ark? Can you be critical of the ark? Yeah. 
inside the ark, yeah. what's going on, but the <laughs> outside, going on inside, the salvation yeah. that it's brought yeah. you, the life that it's brought you, you not really can't really complain about that. So, wow. And then you know, I told I, I was just thinking about this this National Catholic Reporter and not using the word Catholic, but I just really think that there's a there's Catholic media wars that are going on. Oh, and, yeah. and it's and is that it, as bad as uh, as public? Yeah, it's. And it, I encourage everybody to read both sides of those. If you're if you're an EWTN person or a National uh, Catholic Register, you know you should be looking at National Catholic Reporter. Just like if you're a person that watches Fox News, you should be looking at CNN or ABC. You should you should get your news from multiple sources. But at the end of the day, when you're talking about Catholic stuff, that book right there, hold that book up, get a. Sh- that book right there, the catechism, should be should help you with your faith to find out what's what's right, what's not right. It's pretty simple sometimes, isn't it? Too simple that people don't want to accept it. It can't be that easy. <laughs> and that's not to say that, you know, when we're talking about oh, pick a pick a topic of the day, immigration. Homosexuality, uh, you know, abortion, all those things. There is other sides to the discussion that we cannot ignore, right? We cannot ignore, and that's one of the things that I think the Catholic Church does really well. And then if you're a, a, a somebody that's pro-choice and you're criti- criticizing what's going on on the pro-life side, you know, you, you hear the argument, well, what about the mothers? What about, you know? They can't afford it. Nobody's nobody's helping them, which is simply not true, right? From the Catholic perspective, you have to you have to search oh, yeah. that search stuff. Out. Out. You have to search that stuff out. Same thing from immigration. We need immigration reform. There's no doubt we need immigration reform. There's no doubt that we need to treat immigrants just like we would treat each other sitting around this table, right? I mean, so there's there's two sides to every story. Nobody likes to hear that. So that's my current events. That's all <laughs> too, I got. Too much current. Do y'all have any current events? What's going on in the world? COVID getting better? What's the doc say? COVID. The beds are still full at Georgetown. I know that for a fact. I said Moorhead, right? Moorhead is overflow. Moorhead's pretty pretty bad. Yeah. yeah they they called the National Guard in there to help. We were, uh, Kelly's mom was in the hospital. Um, she fell in, and hurt herself. And, uh, when we were visiting there, the uh, National Guard, this is in Louisville, the National Guard was at the Baptist East delivering delivering meals. So, in, I mean, New, it's, in New York, uh, so many nurses and doctors will not get the vaccine. They, I think it's today. Don't they get fired today? Yep. That uh, uh, governor or mayor is going to call in the National Guard right. with medical uh, experience to... There's going to be a major shortage here starting today. We should have the doc back on soon. What do you think over there, Steve? I'll keep up with his social media posts. So so with all the medical people you're hearing about refusing the vaccine, (laughs) who do you listen to? Well, I mean, you always hear listen to science. Well, they're medical people, and they're not getting it. You know, I bet the doc has an opinion on that. I know uh, I've been keeping up with his post. He he did say that he kind of feels like the, We've peaked and it's flattening out now. 
which is good, obviously good news. But the bad news is if they terminate all these people that refuse the vaccine, there was already a healthcare worker shortage. Yep. That's going to be even yeah. worse, right? But my point is you got doctors out there, and I'm not saying he'll be one of them, but don't listen to them doctors. Listen to me. Well, they're doctors too. So you can see where the, how that's confusing. Confusing. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things that are going on. Each each situation. I'm not a I'm not a, a fan of vaccine mandates. I I'm, I'm vaccinated. We're we're all vaccinated in this room. But I think each individual and I and I have some examples that I'm not going to share. But I have some some real life examples that I know where people haven't got the vaccine and they have legitimate reasons not to get the vaccine after consulting with their medical professional. And that's. You know, that's just how it is. We talked a little bit about this last last show about on the priest side of it, about mandating on the or not really mandating on the priest side of it, but shaming, 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 shaming priests. It, and it's it's the same thing. I mean, it, it's and depending on where they live, they could either get fired or not be allowed in mass. Right. Yeah. The, the Canadian bishops came off of that. Though. Oh, did, did they? That? Yeah, no, they, did they, they did come off of that. They had. They had basically, I don't know if you knew that or not, but the Canadian bishops actually said, you have to have proof of vaccine to get in the church. They did. Yeah. And they, they stopped. Then they, they said, oh, well, I don't think we can do that. Uh, there's, I'm sure there's a canon law that says that you can't do that. But I guess the bishop ordinary can do what he wants. Uh, you know, I just don't, you know, I don't, I don't like the way we're castigating people without understanding and I'm not talking about me. I'm just saying society in general can castigate people because they decide for a legitimate reason that it's nobody else's business about not getting a vaccine. So I would like for it to be over. And, and I do understand that people think, hey, I've got to go get tested. I'm vaccinated. I've got to go get tested all these times. And if everybody would just get vaccinated, I would have to go do this all the time. But I'm telling you, there's a lot of breakthrough cases that I know of, I know a lot of people that have been vaccinated and I say a lot, you know, seven or eight that I personally know that have been vaccinated and, and got COVID. COVID no. I, mean, I mean, I'm sure you know somebody, do you know anybody that, in that, that case? I'd have to think, uh, I'd have to think about it. I'm not offhand. I don't. So I just want it to be over. I'm tired of it. You know, it's not going to be over. <laughs> <laughs> We got, and once again, we talk about this. It's supposed to be the worst ever because the hospitals are more full now than they were with the peak of the, you know, the first round. And yet we go into restaurants and stores, no mask. And we might have went to a Dodger baseball game. <laughs> stadiums are full, jam packed. Yeah. And the Dodgers lost that game. Yeah, but they won the next two, didn't they? Yeah. It's crunch time. Baseball. Baseball, good time to be a Dodger fan and a Bengals fan. They beat Pittsburgh. Yeah, who day, right, Steve? Steve's pretty excited. Who day? Steve is working Thursday night this week. Got uh, the Bengals are playing the Jags Jag. on Thursday, Thursday night, foot, night Thursday night football. So watch for Steve on the sidelines. You might see a glimpse of him running around crazy. Uh, so let's let's go. Y'all ready to switch topics? Yep. Let's, uh, Steve, we're going to punch up uh, eight here in just a second. Just give me a second to get ready. We're going to start with this little video. On just, the Trinity? On the Trinity. Which Jesus is a part of? 
Yeah. Well, no, 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 he's not a part of, right? <laughs> God don't come in parts. Person's this video parts. will let you know. <laughs> so here we go. Hopefully you give me a, a upside if I if you get it, if you get the, the sound. Are you ready? Okay, Patrick, tell us a bit more about this Trinity thing. That? Yeah, Patrick, okay, tell us. But remember that we're simple people without your fancy education and books and I'm learning. And we're hearing about all of this for the first time. So try to keep it simple. Okay, Patrick? Yeah, real simple, Patrick. Sure, there are uh, three persons of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yet there is only one God. Don't get what you're saying here, Patrick. Not picking up what you're laying down here, Patrick. Could you use an analogy, Patrick? Sure. Uh, the Trinity is like uh, water and how you can find water in three different forms. Liquid and ice and vapor. That's modalism, Patrick! What? Modalism, an ancient heresy confessed by teachers such as Noetus and Sibelius, which espouses that God is not three distinct persons, but that he merely reveals himself in three different forms. This heresy was clearly condemned in Canon 1 at the First Council of Constantinople in 381 AD, and those who confess it cannot rightly be considered a part of the Church Catholic. Come on, Patrick! Yeah, get it together, Patrick! Uh, okay, uh, then the Trinity is like uh, the sun in the sky, where you have the star... And the light and the heat. Oh, Patrick. Come on, Patrick. That's Arianism, Patrick. Arianism? Yes, Arianism, Patrick. A theology which states that Christ and the Holy Spirit are creations of the Father and not one in nature with him. Exactly like how heat and light are not the star itself, but are merely creations of the star. That's a bad analogy, Patrick. You're the worst, Patrick. All right, sorry. The Trinity is like... Uh, this three-leaf clover here. I'm gonna stop you right there, Patrick. Yeah, hold your horses, Patrick. You're about to confess partialism. Partialism? Yes, partialism. A heresy which asserts that the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are not distinct persons of the Godhead, but are different parts of God, each composing one-third of the divine. And who confesses the heresy of partialism? The first season of the cartoon program Voltron, where five robot lion cars merge together to form one giant robot samurai... Obviously. I've never heard of Voltron. Of course you haven't. It's not going to exist for another 1,500 years now, Patrick. Yeah, get with the program, Patrick. I mean, really, Patrick. I'm going to stab you in the face, Patrick. Okay, that was probably a bit much. All right, I'll try again. Uh, the Trinity is like how the same man can be a husband and a father and an employer. Modalism again. All right, then it's like the three layers of an apple. Partialism revisited. Fine. The Trinity is a mystery which cannot be comprehended by human reason, but is understood only through faith and is best confessed in the words of the Athanasian Creed, which states that we worship one God in Trinity and Trinity in unity, neither confusing the persons nor dividing the substance, that we are compelled by the Christian truth to confess that each distinct person is God and Lord, and that the deity of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is one, equal in glory, co-equal in majesty. Well, why didn't you just say that, Patrick? Yeah, quit beating around the bush, Patrick. Now let's all put on some giant green foam hats, get riotously drunk, and vomit in the Chicago River to celebrate our conversion. There you go. <laughs> Can you repeat the definition again, somebody real fast? <laughs> I mean, that's what makes it confusing, right? We've had uh, Dallas and I were talking about before we went on show that 
I hope I need the music. Um, before we went on a show that you've probably heard some of those examples used in uh, RCIA, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it's just. So we need to tell, is it Pat now that uh, those are uh, heresies? <laughs> Don't use those examples. The clover and the water and the ice and the gas. So, so I think the best thing to know about the Trinity is you think you understand it. You're wrong. <laughs> right? And if you do understand it, you're one of the three. <laughs> right? And so I think that's why when we talk about Jesus Christ as purely human, right? That's human, 100% human. It's hard for people to grasp, right? So what what else do we need to cross off on the, the person of Jesus Christ there, Padre? What are you thinking? I got no notes on there. This is all got to come from here. This is all. So you got you to gotta resort back to your... What did you do? Eight years of college, <laughs> eight years of seminary. How long was you? Eight years. I, I think the uh, the incarnation of Jesus is very important, very crucial. Uh, that is a, one of the greatest doctrine I think for f- what we have. Uh, the incarnation, the incarnation, which mm-hmm. I just went over with my class the other day, is very important because it it, it sum up everything about the redemption. Um. You know, oftentimes we, we, we talk about Jesus, okay, he came dying for us, and he rise. You know, he, you know what I'm saying? When you hear that, it's almost like the... the We've normalized that, the right? normalized that. But there's a reason why, you know, his death is not any other death. You know, it, that's God. Yeah, because so, if, you, if you just think of it as God, then, yeah, God can do that, right? God can do anything, but... When you think of it and say, "Oh, okay, that's not a big deal," it is a big deal because of the incarnation. Right. Yeah. It's those 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 bookends that set apart our faith versus any other faith. So you- I, me- I remember I asked one of the kids or one of the classes, I forget which one. I said, uh, "Okay, the incarnation is when Jesus was put in the womb of Mary. You know, the Annunciation that day." Anybody know when we celebrate it and somebody thought for a second and one of the kids went to, I, if I had to guess, it was nine months prior to Christmas. said exactly, March 25th. <laughs> there you go. That's very good. You know, it, it, it's require that extensive conversation. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I think what, one of the, 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 the tragic for us and we allow the, the society to capture a certain celebration. One of the things we, we miss out is all the small celebration, all the saints, all the feast, you know, like Annunciation. We never talk about it. If we, if we get lucky, we celebrate on Sunday. You know, it fall on Sunday. Uh, we never heard about it. And there has to be a reason we have to bring that back somehow. Yeah, I just showed him a movie, Our Lady of Fatima, and there's a scene in there where they're celebrating St. Anthony's Feast Day, and it, it was a big to-do. Everybody, all the villages gathered, they gave away, gave away this big this donkey, pulled in this big cart full of bread, and they handed out a bunch of food and big celebration for St. Anthony's Feast Day. You know? It used to happen in the, uh, in the parishes, whoever they were named after, right? So... And that's something we've never really done here, right? Mm-hmm. St. Yeah, John no. the Evangelist. St. John. Or even St. Francis de Sales. We never really had a, a big deal going on about that feast day. 
There's another big feast day coming up this is it tomorrow? The Archangels is this week, I think. Yeah. Tomorrow. Is it tomorrow? Is that a solemnity or is that just a it's a feast. Feast day. Yeah, I mean I, I think that, you know, if 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 for your for your kids, they're getting a little bit of that, right? The Catholic school kids get a little bit of that. But if you're uh if you've converted as an adult and you're not going to daily mass, you're not you're not hearing about those things. Yeah. Just just you know, you get you have to seek it out, and that's something I, I think in the, today's culture where we're so so pulled we're pulled in so many different directions that it's hard to kind of focus in on something like that. And if you're only going to church on Sunday, which is ninety percent, right? Just that's just and ninety nine. <laughs> ninety nine. I was trying to be generous. Yeah. So, in which you know, it's it's just people's got a workload, you know. Uh, got to work and things, you know. Plus, some of them's during the day. You just can't go to a lot of that stuff. Yeah, that that was one of the reasons John Paul II implement the 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 Illuminist mystery, right? In the Rosary, yeah, the Illuminist mystery. It then it speak about the life of Jesus Christ. It's about what that process is. Uh, you know, and, and even a station of the cross. We we don't use that anymore practically. You know, even doing um. Doing Lent, right, yeah. very small group of people participate in that. Um, so the remember the Catholic back in the fifty and the sixty tour, almost to the seventy. That is part of our living, right? No, oh, we I, I remember that in Catholic school. You went to Catholic school, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I remember, <laughs> I remember Stations of the Cross, and it being we were an air conditioned church. <laughs> it was hot, and people passing out because we'd also have benediction and. At the end of it, and it was just hot, but it was, it ingrained something in you. When you're, you're experiencing those stations at, at Catholic church as in school as a kid every Friday during Lent, you remember it. It's an experience, and you, you, I say you come to appreciate it. I think most people do if they're still involved in their faith, but you know, I, I just think that that, that's something that we got to, I agree with you. Got to be creative yeah. somehow. You we got to figure like, out how to bring it back. Like, you know, when can you last time have a conversation about the Annunciation? Like Dallas have with a student today. <laughs> you know? And what, why the people go through all CIA know more about our faith than we do? Because they talk very diligently about it in detail. Um, and so, you know, some of the great major feats we celebrate, like tomorrow. Nobody's going to know about the the archangels, you know? Right. A good place to start, though. I, I agree. Luminous Mysteries are a good one. You know, it's, I sometimes they think they get shortchanged because you, you're only supposed to say those once a week. <laughs> you know, I go that, off books sometimes. When he first came out with that, if you remember, there was some resistance. Oh, people don't like change. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. you can't just insert new mysteries. It's the rosary. And now it's widely accepted. You know, it's been so many years. Well, and he's a saint too. That helps yeah. a little bit. <laughs> that all—I don't know what the, what it is about that, but you know, when you look back retrospectively, and it's a saint now that's that instituted something, it's it's pretty inspiring. So, I uh, I I think the luminous mysteries are my favorite. Just you know, because I, I I like the wedding at Cana anyway. Right. It's the I love that whole story, and you know, we hear that a couple times through through the course of the year, don't we? Mm-hmm. On Sunday, oh, yeah. so, but uh, somebody 
was it you that were preached about that? That somebody preached in the last couple of weeks that said something about that. It said they like that story because it's great advice. Just do. I think it was Father Lynn. Yeah. Brought it up. Yeah. yeah. Do what. Do, do what Jesus do, said. Do what he says. Do what yeah, he says. Yeah, he brought it up. Yeah. Just do what he says, and that. And we question that, right? That's pretty. Good, <laughs> that's pretty good advice, right? Just do what Jesus tells you to do, and you'll be all right. It's just you got to cut through the noise to hear what Jesus is saying. So. And I think that's as a person, as a human person, I think that's why we can we're encouraged to relate to him because he was human. And at the same time, at that 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 quote, "Do what he says," is people always wonder how much Mary knew. Mm-hmm. That was Mary's way of saying, "Well, I know a lot. Yes, it is your time. It's your time to start your ministry. Do whatever he says. You know, this is your time. Get going." <laughs> You know, for me, those celebrations is so important because it kind of push us into sometimes encountering the experience. You know, oftentimes we say, okay, here's Jesus. Okay, very quick about it. You know, that's why for me, I love watch that uh, series called The Chosen. It, it's great. The, it, granted, you know, the, the director or the, the writer that kind of fill in the gap, the experience of what Jesus is and the disciples and all that, but it, it gives your mind a, a life of the fresh, of imagination about what that life Jesus was about. And it gives you a, a, a fresher perspective, you know. And, and so to, 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 to have a relationship with a person of Jesus Christ is about that. It's about the daily encounter. And the church gives us a lot of opportunity or instrument like the rosary, um, you know, reflect on the scripture, lexa rovina, uh, centering prayer, you know, all, all of that. And this, I mean, you said already the saints, the lives the of the lives saints. Of saints. Those, are, those, are, those are real people. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it moves us into, like, you know, you could show the, the saint of the day, you know, our uh, Wessels Laws. You remember that there was a song for Christmas? They say nothing about Jesus at all, about this guy. And roll up into the heart of Jesus Christ. Now, I, th- I, I think that's a, that's a great summary of what the church offers that we sometimes we forget about. Right? We've got the lives of the saints. We, we, we forget, maybe with the exception of Mother Teresa and, and John Paul, because we, a lot of us grew up at the same time, but... We hear, we hear the stories of the saints, and we even the story of Jesus and the time that he lived is so so far away. Mm-hmm. It's hard to grasp it. And I think that's you're right. I think the chosen is something that that gives that really highlights the the humanity of Jesus, right? The the real the stuff outside of the gospels, you know, and and you know they're I won't say it's fiction, but they're filling in the yeah, gaps, yeah. right? They're filling in the gaps and. But they're they're showing those emotions, those real life experiences that he had. You know, and we, I think we we do we forget about that. And then when you can grasp that, I think when you can grasp that, when you can really relate to the that personal personal side of Jesus, when you then get to the passion, that's when it becomes even more real. More real, right? Because now you've you've developed this relationship that you can really feel like, hey, Jesus was 
was was human like me and he experienced things like I did and you know he had friends that let him down <laughs> you know he had great friends and good bad friends and just all that stuff and then when you get to the point of the suffering and the death now you're like whoa that's Everything. yeah I mean that, that it means more at that point so that that's another point I want to capture with you guys is you know work with young people nationally and locally the thing that actually moves them a lot over the issue of social justice, you know, Catholic Heart, for example, kids love that stuff because it caught into the activity of the emotional truly encounter, and that's where you tap, relate that to what Jesus is about. And they have this, oh, <laughs> almost like, got it. You know what I'm saying? So I think as a church, as as minister or as clergies, we have to be very creative in that. I think it's so important. You know, watching The Chosen, the whole thing about fishing, Dallas talk a whole lot, it have a different meaning now. You know, when when Peter tried to get, catch the fish uh, and how Jesus turned his boat almost over overflow with fishes, and there's significant meaning, and, and that they tie to that. And, and so I, I think that incarnation, that's what I'm talking about. You know, um, or Baron talk about the, the, the truth, the beauty, you know. There is that neatness that, that bring about that joy, you know. Uh, and so, you know, for me, that, that, that person of Jesus Christ using the, the great incarnation Theology process, if you will, that, that challenged us as a church in many ways, try to bring young people back or parenting, make sure we are aware of those opportunity, if you will, that, that can be integrated better. So there it is. I agree. Ditto. You know, you, when you were thinking about that and you were talking about social justice, one of the things that, <clears throat> that kind of jumped out at me Kind of an aha moment for me. It's the same thing when we talk about the environment, right? There's this there's this political clash up here that says man doesn't cause global warming. Man does cause global warming, but down here in the in the everyday things of life, who wants to take their oil and dump it out in their backyard anymore? Did you ever do that as a kid? I mean, we had a fence where we I used we, to pour it in a ditch. Yeah. You don't do I that. Dro- I dropped it off at Walmart this morning. <laughs> <laughs> you don't do that anymore. And it's and and you know, we can sit up here and we can debate about, you know, climate change and all those things, but at the end of the day, we should take care of the environment. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not difficult, you know, and it's not a political statement about. And I think most people get that. It's just that we want to go and be either Democrat or Republican, liberal or conservative. That's our that's our our zones that we like to operate in. And what we need to operate in is as a Catholic is a little bit different than that. That was exactly a preach this morning. Remember the gospel have to do with James and John, you know, prepare for Jesus uh, of um, Samaritan town on his way to Jerusalem to die. And the town did not welcome him. So they came to Jesus and say, Hey, uh, you know, the son of thunder, John say, uh, do you want to call a fire to burn them? <laughs> <laughs> Rain down fire. Rain, yeah, Jesus, leave them alone. You know, if we are so quickly react 
But I was preaching about we, even with Jesus, we become so caught up with ourselves or environment in any situation. We caught up yeah. of truth that we become untruth. Absolutely. You know? and, and so what Jesus signified and called us to make sure you're harvesting the truth. Just like earlier we talked about, you know, national Catholic reporter or non-EWTN, whatever you are, where is the truth lies? I think what that Pope Francis called to, you know, you can criticize me, but don't criticize the church. The church is truth. Right. Know? The church is, is working in a, in, a, in a very tough environment today, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and, and trying, trying, trying to do good. Don't always succeed, but we're, we're trying, right? The sub-priest we had this weekend, what did he say in every Mass? Who is the most generous organization on the planet? That was last week. Oh, it was last week. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you you had the sub-priest. Yeah, the largest charitable organization in the the country is the Catholic Church. The largest educator of people in the world is the Catholic Church. Church. You know, we, we just... There's a lot of great things about the church. I go back to even something that that in the gospel this week that I think hits the nail on the head right here and it kind of breaks down these divisions that we have. And that you know, basically, if Jesus said, you know, if if they're not against us, it's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, if they're if if they're not, you know, preaching against us, and they're using my name, nothing bad can come out out of that. And I, I just think. We've we've lost that in our culture. We we've 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 politicized everything. I mean, including if, in the church. Absolutely no. The church is not. You know, it's the, the church is not exempt <laughs> exempt from that at all. And you know, we've we've got to figure out. And I don't know how to do it. If I did, I'd be a rich man. But we got to figure out how to. to turn the tables around and and make it more about who we are as people and the acts of love that we do that that are the basis for being catholic the basis for social justice the basis for you know protecting the environment the basis for loving our neighbor all the all this stuff we need to unpoliticize because at the end of the day you know, if you've got somebody and you said, hey, we don't want to talk about politics. We just want to know, how should we treat this person? I, th- I think most people would understand how they want to, want to treat them. But we, because we can't do that in a, in a uh, isolated environment, we're worried about what other people will think about us. And the only person we should be worried about, only person, person we should be worried about how they feel about us is Jesus. Person. The person of Jesus. <laughs> Any comments on there? Not a one. Not a one. That, well, I, I, I want to add this. Recently, I heard about this. Pope Francis planned to call a senator uh, of the whole universal church in the three-year process. Uh, I don't know how that subdivide. Basically, bishop could meet in a deanery, I think, um, as a synod. And then come together in the universal church with the Pope. It's a three-year plan called the Synodal. Really look over, pray to the Holy Spirit, and re-enkindle the, the, the Spirit. There's a, it was a lot going on. I, I didn't read much more detail, but 
Maybe we, we can, talk about that next time. We can talk about it next time. But aren't they first going to have a synod on how to have a synod? <laughs> I heard it talk, really? talked to Yeah. I mean, the German bishops kind of screwed that up for everybody, didn't yeah. they? <laughs> I think. I mean, I think, no. I, I think all of this, what the Pope tried to do with this synodal, that got the funny word, synodal. Synod and synodal. Uh, it had to do with the universal. He, he wanted to convene that, I think, by the year, by no meaning, on 223, 24, something, something like that. Hey, before we get to the saint of the day, Steve, can you punch up that other graphic that we had? Which graphic I'm talking about? 24 seconds left to play. They trail by one, 83, 82, Dallas Kelly, right-hand corner, back outside of Mark Lynn, not a deal. Yeah, you know, we might, we might talk Lee about Gale. this a lot. Puts it up, hits the side of the board, Scott's got it. Look Puts at those pictures, folks. Gale gets it, now to Kelly, and tips it in. Dallas Kelly. Tips it in. With Look how. seconds left to play in overtime. Look how thin you were. That was also at a time that I could raise my arm over my head. <laughs> Without being in pain. Now Dallas can raise this much. That's <laughs> all that blessings I do. Dallas Kelly. Father mentioned it earlier. Saying of the day. I can't pronounce it right. Can somebody help me out here? Wenceslaus. Wenceslaus. He was... Well, we're going to find out where he's from because I think from Slovenia. Let's find out. Here we go. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for September 28th. Saint Wenceslas. We're more used to hearing the name of today's saint during the Christmas season when we hear the carol Good King Wenceslas. The familiar song does give us a hint about the man who was indeed a good king in 10th century Bohemia. Wenceslas stood for Christian values amidst political intrigue, religious rivalry, and division within his own family. His saintly grandmother, Ludmilla, raised him and sought to promote him as a ruler in place of his mother, who favored the anti-Christian factions. Though Ludmilla was eventually murdered, the Christian forces were victorious, and Wenceslas became king. His rule was marked by efforts toward political unification within Bohemia, support of the church, and peacemaking negotiations with Germany. Many opposed his policies, including his own brother, Boleslav, who joined a plot to replace him. After inviting Wenceslas to celebrate a religious feast, Boleslav attacked his brother. In the struggle, Wenceslas was killed. Although his death in 929 resulted primarily from political upheaval, Wenceslas was hailed as a martyr for the faith. His relics were taken to the church of St. Vitus in Prague, and his tomb became a pilgrimage shrine. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. I love those names. <laughs> I mean, that's what we need to be doing. We need to be like using some of these saint names as part of uh, real names. Why don't we, when we build a new church, why don't we rename it Saint? What was Wenceslaus. that? Wishes Wenceslaus. <laughs> But it's how, like how uh, long will it start being Saint Saint W? <laughs> well, it's kind of like uh, my grandson, whose name is Ace. I had to search long and hard that there was a Saint Aceolus. So Aceolus. we call him Aceolus. That's not his real name. His name's Ace, but Aceolus sounds a whole lot better than just Ace. I think. Sorry, Katie. <laughs> I had to throw that out there. So, 
Hey, next show, next uh, two weeks from today, Tuesday, October 12th, mark it down. Uh, you know, we were supposed to have some hardware here this week that looked a whole lot like Emmys. And uh, Steve had a lot going on today. But, Steve, October 12th, find those keys, unlock those babies, and let's bring them in at least one. Can you bring them all? I mean, we'll we'll put them all down there in front. But we want we want people to know that this is an uh, uh, Emmy-produced show. So, and maybe we're going to talk to to Steve about uh, his his life and journey because he's got a story where he did a story on Saint Pope John Paul II. So, hopefully, maybe on October twelfth, we'll be talking about that. So, if you got any other thoughts, questions. For suggestions for topics, let us know. Uh, Jesus Christ Part 3 concludes our series on Jesus Christ. Um, you got anything else to say about that? No? Okay. Um, it might pop up now and then. That's what it's all about, Jesus. I lost, lost you on that mic there, Padre. <laughs> all right, so... Check out ssfj.org, ssfj. That's all right, Steve. I'm just going to blow through that. ssfj.org to contribute to the ministries at uh, St. Francis and John. Tell your friends. And most of all, just spread the gospel, Jesus Christ. Love your neighbor. Love each other. It's as simple as that. Father Lynn, can you throw a blessing on us if your mic's working there? Amen. Huh. Your your mic wasn't working. It's been unplugged. Oh, there, there it is. is. It was me. It was my fault. There you go. So try it again. One more time. But the Lord be with you. And with your, your spirit. spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Hey, until uh, next time, I'm Deacon Tim. I'm Deacon Dallas. I'm Father Ling Nguyen. Good night, everybody. Good night. Did you ever stop and think Why spend too much time just getting ready Let me be honest I don't know one single thing That I haven't done to make you notice me Let me be real here When I see you my heart starts racing But I don't know if I like